Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Amateur Like a TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a packed show for you today, Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League. I'll talk about and preview and give my picks for all four of those games, two today, two tomorrow, as well as give you my updated Super Bowl prediction with all the with the 12 teams that have made the 2018 NFL playoff season. I'll, I'll also give you a preview and I'll pick uh, and give you my thoughts on the 2018-19 College Football National Championship game that's going to be played Monday night between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Clemson Tigers. So in order, so the way I'm gonna do this is that I'm a, with the uh, foot with the NFL. I'm gonna do the two games that are on to, that are being played today at set January the fifth at the time I'm recording this episode. I'm gonna do those two first, take a break, and then do Chargers, Ravens, Eagles, Bears, and go on from there. So first things first, Colts, Texans. You've heard it a million times. Colts, again, starting 1-5. They're the third-ever team in NFL history to start 1-5 uh, and five and make the playoffs. In 1970, Bengals did that. And in 2015, Chiefs were the last two teams before, prior to this season's Colts to accomplish that feat. Um, but, again, they uh, started 1-5. They and the Texans, as a matter of fact, both went nine and two from week six on, tied for the best record in all of football. Texans won their division by a game. They ended their season eleven and five. Colts um, ended their season at ten and six. T- Texans possibly could have gotten a second seed if they would have beaten New England in week one. It wouldn't have gotten smoked by Nick Foles in uh, week sixteen on the road. But that's but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Let's jump into the game right quick. It's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a highly competitive, interesting football game to watch. Andrew Luck. It's just good to see him back on the field. No doubt, he's gonna win uh, comeback player of the year. Once the NFL honors comes the Saturday before the Super Bowl, um, there is no doubt he's gonna win it. He would be MVP if guys like Patrick Mahomes and and uh, Drew Brees and Todd Gurley didn't, you know, didn't exist, or Philip Rivers for that matter as well. He would definitely be in the discussion for MVP. But because of all those names, it's most likely that they're going to give him a comeback Player of the Year instead. But it's going, but Andrew Luck, what a season he's had. I mean. Andrew Luck has completed 67% of his passes, has averaged for 287 yards, passing yards per game, 39 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. I mean, for a guy that we were concerned about if he would ever play football again and is throwing, and had to like start his rehab by like throwing little kitty nerf footballs, I say that's pretty good. For a guy that's recovering over, recovering over such a prolonging hard injury to recover from as Andrew Luck was. Meanwhile, on the Houston side, Deshaun Watson he's completed 68% of his passes. He averages 260 passing yards per game, 
though he's thrown for 26 touchdowns and nine annoying interceptions this uh, NFL season. DeAndre Hopkins, right now, if you listen to this. This is from Pro Football Focus. DeAndre Hopkins had the most receptions without a drop in the season since 2007. 115 receptions without a drop. That's pretty impressive. But the thing that I think the Col- I'm gonna pick the Colts to win the game. Spoiler alert. And the reason why I think the Colts win the game is because these teams, the passing attack on both sides is strong. Their defense is pretty decent on both sides, even though the Texans have J.J. Watt. But, and the Colts, give them credit. Give them credit. They went out and they invested in something to protect their franchise quarterback. They went out and they drafted and went out in free agency and got some linemen. Now it's when the Colts used to be from one of the worst lines in football to now one of the best off offensive lines in football, and that's something that the Houston Texans can't say. Even though they blew the, the uh, Jaguars out the water, Deshaun Watson, every five, it was the it was the game they were showing in the uh, Baltimore area, of course, in the 1 o'clock window on CBS, and the Jacksonville defense was just getting after Deshaun Watson every single time you turn around. You can't win games when you start quarterback, especially who's as mobile as he is coming off of an ACL injury. You can't expect to win football games when you can't protect your quarterback, where the quarterback literally has about a second and a half to make up his mind and get rid of the football. And it kind of messes up with his, with his rhythm, his receiver's rhythm, and everything else. Uh, he's been sacked 62 times this season, Deshaun Watson has. That's, by mo- that's most by a QB to make the playoffs in the Super Bowl era, so circa 1966. Uh, but basically, because of that weak Houston offensive line and the fact that um, Bray O'Brien has to show me something in the playoff game, I think the Colts going to win this game. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a highly competitive game. Again, these two teams, division rounds, third, time they've se- third and last time they'll see each other this season. But um, but I think the Colts are going to win simply because they have got to find a way to protect Deshaun Watson. They have to. Colts have allowed the fewest sacks in the NFL this season after lying the most into the Colts are going to win. I'm telling you, and Frank Reich, you know, he he's played – you know, he has playoff experience, of course, as a player, because he has that player aspect, which is always needy and helpful. Not to mention, he was a part. He was part of the. Uh, he was a coach on uh, Eagles. He was, I think, the Eagles' offensive coordinator, and part of that great coaching staff that led the Eagles to winning a Super Bowl. So, he's fresh off a Super Bowl run, so he knows what. It, he knows what it uh, takes to win in the National Football League, um, and this he knows he knows what it takes to win. Meanwhile, Bill O'Brien has yet to prove himself in the playoffs as an NFL head coach. Moving on to the second game, Seahawks number one rush offense against the Cowboys number one rush defense. 
Seahawks and Cowboys, both teams looking at 10 and 6. The sheer difference between these two teams is the fact that they play in separate divisions. If if these two teams played in the same division, which really they should, because Texas is more west than it is east. So if both of these teams, you take the Rams out and both of these teams played in the NFC West, odds are, uh, well not odds are, it's straight put, the Seahawks would have won the division. If you take the Rams out and put these two teams where you take put the Rams out and you put the uh, Cowboys in the NFC West, the Seahawks would have won the division due to them beating the Cowboys at home in Week 5. And if all three of these teams were in the division, um, the Seahawks would, out, would beat out the Cowboys for a... Uh, well, actually, scratch that. If both, if both of these teams plus the Rams were in the same division... The Eagles wouldn't even have made the playoffs. So you would have had three uh, in a five-team NFC West. You would have had three teams from that division make the playoffs. Because the Eagles are at 9-7, and seven, and both of these teams are at 10-6. Uh, and six. But anyway, both of these teams play tonight on Fox 815. Um... Russell Wilson Seahawks against Dak Prescott's Cowboys. You really can't go wrong with either team as far as expecting them to win, but I'm going to the Seahawks because they have the advantage where it's very vital and very important, especially during playoff time, that you having an experienced coach and an experienced quarterback goes a long way. Not just in the league in general, but it goes a long, way, a long way when you're playing in the playoffs. A long way. I mean, look at Brady and Belichick. I mean, look, look at what they've done. You know, I mean, look at, you know, it, when they're in it. Look at Roethlisberger and Tomlin. You know, experienced head coaches and experienced quarterbacks. That experienced tandem. They tend, they can make lots of noise, and they know how to, uh, they know how to navigate their way through the playoffs. Dak and Jason Garrett have only made it. Jason Garrett's been there about, I want to say three times, because I think in, I think in two thousand eight that might have been under Parcel, two thousand eight or two thousand nine, whatever year it was, might have been under Parcells, but I'm not positive. But at least I know this is Gar. At least I know Garrett's been there at least twice, maybe maybe this maybe this is his third, either three times or twice. This is the second time or the third time that Jason Garrett has been in postseason play. But this is the second time Dak Prescott has been in a postseason play, and the second time as a uh, tandem between Prescott and. Garrett are concerned because remember they had I believe they had the second seed in the NFC in 2016 and they had a uh, home playoff game against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers basically you know Prescott played a good game but Aaron Rodgers basically waxed that defense to, sh to shreds and via the right leg of Mason Crosby, 
got uh, Green Bay to sneak out of Dallas with a win two years ago. Um, but like I said, the Cowboys are an accident waiting to happen. And I, I told you after the Saint game, I told you after, I told you Monday, I told you, I've told you so many times, I can't even keep count. But I've told you time and time and time again that the Cowboys are due for a major letdown because it's just something about this generation's Cowboys from 1996 up to the current day. It's just something about these this generation of Dallas Cowboys that is allergic to prosperity and always, 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 always fails and cracks under the pressure and under the large amount of expectations they've been given. They, all, they always, always do. Meanwhile, Seattle, they this is the first last year was their first season of them missing the playoffs. They've been there, done that before. Carroll and uh, Wilson, they went. They went in 2012. They ex they got exited by uh, Atlanta in the divisional round. 2013, of course, they won the whole thing. 2014, they made it the back-to-back -back Super Bowls and lost to the Patriots, of course, uh, throwing the ball at the one-yard line. 2015, they made it back again, lost to, who they lose to? They lost to Carolina in 2015 in the divisional round. Uh, 2016, they made it back, lost to Atlanta again. In 2017, they missed the playoffs altogether. But they haven't—they've gotten to the divisional round in every from 2012 to 2016. They've made it to the divisional round every single trip. It made it at least to whether it be first round by or winning a wild card. The in the Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll era since 2012 they've at least made it to the divisional round every single time they've been in the playoffs so that's just a little uh, quick nugget to chew on heading into tonight's game but again give me Russell Wilson give me Pete Carroll who has the experience Pete Carroll's been coaching a long time he knows what playoff championship settings are like but it's his, with him coaching the Seahawks, of course, right now. And back when he was a college coach, he knows what it takes to win and knows what it, excuse me, knows what it takes to um, show up when the pressure is, uh, when the pressure is getting higher. And Russell Wilson, same thing. Russell Wilson, calm, cool, and collected. And you asked me with about a minute 15, a minute less than a minute left in the game, with the ball on my own 25, 30-yard line, who whose hands I want the ball in? Give me Russell Wilson. You give Russell Wilson that ample amount of time with about a timeout or two, or all three be like the perfect scenario. Nine times out of ten, he's going to lead his team down the field and get it done. And in order for the Dallas to win the game, A, they got to score first and score early. Got to score early, score first, number one. Number two, 
they can't make Russell Wilson have all day. They can't, they can't let Russell Wilson drop back in the pocket, you know, and take two days and a half to to scramble and, and step up in the pocket and wait and wait and wait. You know, from the thought that Dallas defense has to, which is one thing that they do, was what's made them so good this season, their ability to get after the quarterback and not waste all time. But the thing that kind of bites them in the butt is that they kind of, they kind of blitz at all costs. So if Doug Baldwin or Tyler Lockett can, you know, break one right off the snap and they're open, Wilson's probably going to anticipate it and or see it. And he's, he's going to get the ball into the breadbasket, which is something you worry about with the Dallas Cowboys with their blitz-heavy defense that they have. But... If I'm the Cowboys, I don't want Russell Wilson with the ball late in the fourth quarter or late in the second quarter for that matter because he can steal a uh, and steal a possession right there. But give me Russell Wilson over uh, Dak Prescott, who you know he played well in the Packer game two years ago. It was his rookie year. He's got to show up in this game. He cannot, under any circumstances, stink up the joint because then at the same time he leaves the Cowboys hands tied in the future as far as what as far as pondering whether to pay him his big money at the end of the next season so there so there's that but I think it's gonna be a close game competitive game good game um, you really can't go wrong with picking either team but I think the Seahawks are gonna win because at the end of the day Russell Wilson is the best player on the on the field by far, better than Elliott by far. Russell Wilson is the best player on the field, better than Prescott, has experience. Cowboys are allergic to prosperity and are allergic to to um, meeting people's high expectations. Therefore, and like I said, Seahawks, every single time they've made the playoffs in a Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll era, they've at least made it to the divisional round every single time, whether it be first round by or winning the wild card like they did in 2000, uh, like they did in 2012, 16, and I think 15. I'm not entirely positive if they had a first round buy, not first round buy, but but 12, 15, and 16 winning on wild card weekend and making it to the divisional round. Well, when we come back, I'll do tomorrow's games and give you my updated Super Bowl 53 prediction of the 12 teams that have made it into this year's tournament. We'll be back, or I'll be back, right after this. Welcome back to the I'm Gonna Tell Like a T.I. Is podcast. Uh, shifting gears now to tomorrow's games. Let's start first with uh, Chargers and Ravens. Chargers lost their division by one game as they... Hold the fifth seed in AFC. Ravens hold the fourth seed after beating the uh, Cleveland Browns last week at home, reversing the demons that 
haunted them basically up until really last Sunday when they uh, choked the winning you're in scenario in week 17 of the 2017 season on New Year's Eve against my Cincinnati Bengals. But they hold the fourth and fourth seed and the final divisional seed in the uh, AFC playoffs. They're at ten and six. Chargers are the better team at twelve and four, even though the Ravens beat them earlier in the season. Chargers are seven and one on the road this season, this year, tying a franchise record. But the Chargers offense really had no answers for that. Ravens defense that went hunting against them back in uh, on that Saturday game back in uh, week 16 had no answers for him whatsoever but the Chargers hope and Phillip Rivers hopes who has had his who you know Eli and uh, Big Ben two other quarterbacks that came out of that 4 draft Big Ben has a uh, Excuse me, Big Ben's been to three Super Bowls, won two of them, and is going to make the Hall of Fame. Meanwhile, Eli Manning, he is not a Hall of Famer, but he's beaten Brady and Belichick twice in resulting in two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl championships. So Philip Rivers needs this game, and he needs to make a deep playoff run. I'd say AFC championship game or bust for me because, you know, if they go out there tomorrow and get absolutely hit in the mouth like they did against the Rays back in week 16, it doesn't matter if they play in L.A., on the moon, on Mars, in heaven, or in hell, or in Los Angeles. It's going to be the same narrative for Philip Rivers and the now Los Angeles Chargers. Philip Burris has had a good season this year. This season, I should say. He's averaged 279 passing yards per game, 29 touchdowns, 6 interceptions this season. In his last three games, though, he's thrown for 3 touchdowns and 6 interceptions. So he's not played well his last three games. Excellent first 13 games, but last three games with three touchdowns, six interceptions, and two and averaging just 223 in the air, passing yards wise. You got to struggle for Phil Rivers, who's going to be playing in, in a 71, again, 71,000 strong. That's going to be making MT Bank Stadium rocking with Salvation Army and everything. Who knows? You might even see Ray Lewis appear, appear in the uh, stadium, getting the crowd all hyped. In case you guys forgot, the last Ravens home game, the last Ravens home playoff game was the 2012 AFC wildcard game in which it was the Ravens' first playoff victory of that, which turned out to be a Super Bowl run, and it was Ray Lewis's final home game at MNT Bank uh, Stadium. But I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, the, gonna, I th in my opinion, I think it's going to be the game of the week. It's definitely going to be the game of the week. Um, really, <laughs> I <laughs> well, what's there to say? I mean, it is. It's going to be a fantastic. Philip, I'm telling. He has to, and I'm telling you this right now. I'm hear me clearly and hear me good. The winner of this football game, I think, in my opinion and in my estimation, 
The winner of this football game is going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I really think that. Because the Ravens, here's what scares you about them. They have a top 10 defense and their running game is off the charts. And when you, and when you, like, make that mid-season change, when your team is kind of struggling, it's really kind of, you know, get on to, like, a main highway trying to go somewhere, but you're still stuck on, like, something like that. That, and making a change, I'm telling you, say what you want, but... I have no problem with Harbaugh getting an extension because him putting Lamar Jackson in that quarterback saved their season. Because I'm telling you, they were going nowhere and nowhere fast with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Who knows? Maybe Joe Flacco not starting kept the Browns out of potentially winning the division. Potentially. I mean, who who knows how to... But Lamar... Harbaugh implanting Lamar Jackson midway through the season, that's that that saved their season. And this kind of parallels a little bit to the 2000 Ravens team as far as bad quarterback play early in the season, the quarterback being benched by for a quarterback that necessarily doesn't blow you away by any stretch. Of course, Lamar Jackson is better than Trent Dilfer, but and the connection between Tony Banks and Flacco and how the Ravens lost some games earlier in the season that they really had no business losing. But poor quarterback play was one was one of the reasons why they lost. So and they and remember they had a great defense. A great defense. That year, best defense in football this year in the top 10. And they had a superior running game with Jamal Lewis in the backfield. Look him up. With Jamal Lewis in the backfield. And this year, with uh, with Jackson and and all the names Harbaugh can pull, can pull out of his back pocket. So, I think the winner of this game is going to go to the Super Bowl. Win the AFC and win the Super Bowl because... If they play, I think the Chiefs, who's not the Chiefs, I think the Chargers, who's beaten the Chiefs before, earlier this year, I think they, and that Chiefs defense, especially their secondary, is, oh my gosh, they are so bad, it is mind-boggling. Secondary stinks, but, oh my good, Rivers can slice them up. Slice them up against their Chiefs defense. Slice them up. Ravens too, but the Ravens is more run-oriented, but the Ravens almost beat them the last time they played. And if you play them a second time, the Ravens are the team that would have the advantage. Just like how some can argue that the Chargers have an advantage in this game. And really, you can't go wrong with picking either one, just like the Seahawks-Cowboys game. You really can't go wrong, in my opinion, with picking either one. There's both reasons why. The Ravens play well at home, especially in the playoffs. Their defense is legit. And this is just a different team than when Joe Flacco was at quarterback. And 
also Philip Rivers doesn't doesn't always show up in these kind of games. Meanwhile, on the Chargers side, they have a better overall record. They have the advantage because they've played them a second because it's now the second time they've played them. And it's Philip Rivers who's in Hall who's a Hall of Fame talent at quarterback. And another thing that goes the Ravens' way is that this game is going to be played at 10 a.m. local time. 10 a.m. Excuse me, 10, 10 in the morning L.A. time. So their body clocks is going to be a little woozy. And don't be surprised if they are a little shook earlier in the game because that crowd and that defense is going to be hype while, you know, the fans out in uh, Southern California, out west, are still uh, wiping the crust out their eyes, still on their uh, first uh, cup of coffee. And are in church, and are in somewhere in church or in a synagogue or whatever, and they're sitting up here, you know, while the priest and everything, they got their phone, you know, their phone sitting in their crotch with the sound down trying to watch the game, so... The Ravens have an, have that advantage in that uh, in that way of light, but I th but again I think it's going to be a fantastic football game. Um, I'll get to my pick later in the show, but in the meantime let's switch gears over to the Eagles and Bears. I'm pretty sure I told you this Monday, but. Uh, New Year's Eve on Monday, which was New Year's Eve, was the uh, 30th anniversary of the Fog Bowl, the 1988 NFC Divisional Playoff game between the Eagles and the Bears. Buddy Ryan, who was the Bears' former defensive coordinator, that was the f fantastic engineer to what is now in the NFL known as the 46 defense and a great architect of that history-making, hard-hitting smash mouth. 85 Bears defense, and you know, you, and you can go down and do a history lesson on that if you wish. But now, 30 years, 30 years, and uh, what five, six days later, these two teams will play in an NFC wild card game. Eagles sneaking in, like I said on Monday, with the help of Kirk Cousins and Nick Foles, just being Nick Foles. Snuck into the playoffs at, and they still have a fighting chance to defend their title, sitting at nine and seven. Meanwhile, the Bears coming in as the three seed after winning their division, sitting at twelve and four. Give you this little quick nugget of uh, knowledge: Nick Foles was twelve and four from December and February, including the the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Two, since two thousand twelve and four. And for those of you who think that the Eagles have no shot in this game, you need your freaking head examined. I get it. The Bears are the number third or the third ranked defense in all of football, but you ha but this is a young, inexperienced team. I mean, a young and Trubisky hasn't experienced playoffs before. Matt Nagy, I mean, as a, you know, he's experienced going full read with Andy Reid, but not as a head coach. Trubisky, no. Tyree Cohen, no. You know, Khalil Mack, that one playoff game they played back in, I think, 2015, I think, 
was the year when Derek Carr broke his leg and that team was literally on the cusp of going to the Super Bowl until Derek Carr uh, unfortunately broke his leg and he played in that game where they got absolutely ran out the building by the uh, Houston Texans a few years back, but that's about it. I mean, this is a young, inexperienced team that isn't used to playing playoff football. I mean, the Bears have been inept for quite a, quite some time now. Last time they were in the playoffs was 2010 when they won the NFC North and ended and uh, played their division rival Packers in the NFC Championship game. And you know, go to you can lead a Jay Cutler right on a bicycle and Stephen A. Smith's rants on Jay Cutler and so on. But this is a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in in uh, eight years. So they're so and going up against the defending Super Bowl champs, who have their guy Nick Foles at quarterback, who they're confident in. Like I said, twelve and four from December on, and uh, they've and lots of and lots of the guys on that uh, championship team still remain, and uh, the core for the most part is still there. So. They have experience, and they're not going to be intimidated by the Bears under any circumstances. I'd expect I expect a low-scoring game myself, but I think the Eagles going to win the game. But if the Bears do win, don't expect it to be a blowout because, again, I'm taking Nick Foles over Mitch Trubisky, who the Bears themselves are going to try to make sure they don't lose a game for them, which could bite them back in the butt, which is what um, Doug Marone did with, uh, with uh, what's his name, with uh, Blake Bortles in the AFC Championship game last, uh, la- last year's January. And if he would have let, uh, Bortles be a little bit more aggressive with the play calling, a little bit more aggressive with throwing the football. They would, and if they hadn't blown an early whistle, uh, the Jaguars would have been in that Super Bowl. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. But again, Nick Foles, four playoff wins, four playoff starts. Excuse me, three playoff wins. Mr. Trubisky has none. Um, but again, Nick Foles, I'm riding with Nick. I, I am riding with Nick Foles because I, th- like I, I said it time and time and time again, I'll continue to say it. When he's in that lineup, that team is a different football team than what they were with Carson Wentz. I don't know what it is, but it's just. Nick, when Nick Foles is in the lineup, the Eagles just win, and they and they win better, and they find more better, more impressive ways to win. This is this is not a you know a sleeper nine and seventeen. This is a nine and seventeen that if I was a Bears fan, I'd be you know Eagles. Some Eagles fans aren't going to say boo because they're going to be well. We got the Super Bowl. All right, well, we'll take that. We're just happy to be here. You know, because we don't be another one of those Super Bowl teams that won the Super Bowl and then fell flat on their face and missed the playoffs the next year. So they're at least happy to be here. But, you know, they're not going to say boo. But if I'm a Bears fan, I'm shaking in my boots because 
you don't know what type of crazy stuff Doug Peterson is going to draw up for tomorrow that could really, really do a whooping on the Bears. I mean, 12-4 and four going up against 9. Um, the Eagles have a real serious legitimate shot at winning this game. Real serious and, and real legitimate shot at winning this game. And, and anybody that tells you otherwise doesn't know football and doesn't know what the heck they're talking about. Real quick, then I'll get to a break. Uh, so I picked, so when, on my first ever show back in September, you know, I gave my season predictions for the NFL. And I'll go over them, actually, the show, one of the shows I did before the Super Bowl. But I predicted a, a what did I pick? I did a Eagles-Jaguars Super Bowl. And that blew up in my face. Jaguars basically started 2-0 and and couldn't get out of their own way ever since. Eagles, I was nervous about them, but even I still have a chance to be right with that pick, even though the chances of Eagles winning back-to-back, going back to Super Bowl and winning it would be just as jaw-dropping as them beating the Patriots the way they did last year. But... Anyway, Philly. You know, I I don't know. I'm still I still want Philly to go back to Super Bowl. I just don't think it's likely, which is why with the twelfth teams that are in the playoffs right now, I'm gonna say right here, right now it's gonna be. And I remember I said one of Chargers Ravens. I think is gonna represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Brady again. He's lost to the Lions. The Jags, the Titans, the Dolphins, and the Steelers. All five of those teams did not make the playoffs, and only two out of the five ended up with winning records. Steelers at 9-6-1, Titans at 9-7. and seven. So, and the offense and the offense and defense has been well not well defense in the Steeler game wasn't bad, but their offense in all five of those well, okay. The defense in the in the Dolphin game was garbage. The defense in the Steelers game was good, while their offense in the Dolphin game was good, but the offense in the Steelers game was trash. So, but for but the Lions and tight but the Lions and Titans and Jaguars game, both sides were abysmal. So, and I think that Cliff is falling quick, fast, and hurting. If you get Tom Brady and Pages out of Gillette Stadium. You know, they they are vulnerable. They're already vulnerable at Gillette Stadium, but that's like their their uh, emergency security blanket playing at uh, Foxborough. Meanwhile, you know, if Chiefs go full... I have a fan though the Chiefs probably could make this magical run, but I got to see it to believe it. But... So that's why I think the Ravens are, because I think the Ravens can beat the Chiefs. If they beat the Chargers, I think the Ravens can beat the Chiefs. They can beat the uh, Patriots. So that, that, I think they can beat both of those teams because, uh, you know, rematch against the Chiefs, and they've beaten the Patriots in Foxborough in the playoffs before. Um, not the... Not to mention that was the la- matter of fact. Last time the Rams were in the playoffs, 
well, last playoff game prior to tomorrow's that the Ravens were in. It was the 2014 AFC Divisional game in which, uh, remember, that was the game where, like, the stirring of where the pot of deflate gate, the little ingredients were implanted, were, uh, were uh, peppered in into the uh, crock pot was that Ravens-Patriots game, especially with the illegal formation, the Julian Edelman reverse throw, and, all this, and illegal substitution, all that sort of stuff. But anyway, I think the Ravens going to represent the AFC. Saints, the dominant, I don't the Bears, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Cowboys, none of those teams stand a chance against the Saints in that building. So... I think the Saints are going to win the no, but I think the Saints are going the Cowboys no, but I think the Saints are going to represent the AFC. I think the Saints are going to win it all for the second time in nine years. Take a break. I'll touch on the college football national championship game and give you my picks for Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Right after this. Welcome back to the I'm Tell It Like a TIS podcast. Uh, switching uh, from college, not college, from the NFL to college is the two. Th- they call it 2019, which is so asinine and so stupid because the season is from the 2018 college football season, yet it's 2019. Uh, it's so stupid, um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. I could go on like a 20-minute rant about that, but I will not waste your time. Uh, but the national championship game for college football is once again Clemson and Alabama, which is starting to get a lot like Golden State and Cleveland uh, pre-LeBron departure. Uh, what, what was that, three, four years in a row from 2015 to 2008? Yeah, so like four years in a row, uh, we've had Cleveland and Golden State. And I think for like the third time in like four years, the second time in three or something like that, we will have Clemson and Alabama. Clemson out of the ACC, 14-0. and Alabama out the SEC, 14-0. and to a tackle of all, he's going to have to have a big game. He's had a big season already. 41 touchdowns, four interceptions. While, they, while Clemson's quarterback, Lawrence, has had a big season as well. 27 touchdowns, four interceptions. Both teams have have good running games with Eatine for Clemson. 22 touchdowns with 1,572 uh, rushing yards this season compared to Harris of Alabama who only has 819 rushing yards a season and nine touchdowns. But it's going to be a good game uh, both uh, 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 Monday night, which is which I don't necessarily agree with because it's like the kind of set because you, you know, you got football from Saturday and Sunday with the NFL and then it's, oh, by the way, national championship game Monday night. So, it's a lot of football in like a three-day period, but after Monday night, you can put a college of football to sleep until late August of this calendar year in 2019. But anyway, Clemson, they average 44 points a game. 
they allow only 13 point. They average 13.7 points a game. Total yards, Clemson outdoes Alabama by three, 530 to 527. Um, and they also, uh, and, but Alabama outdoes them in yards allowed with 295 to 276. Um, but anyway, this game is going to be played in what? Uh, Levi Stadium? Going to be playing in Levi Stadium again if. Uh, if Alabama wins this, it just secures, it just further proves Saban's Hall of Fame caliberness as being a, as being a uh, Hall of Fame college coach. I mean, it's fourth time these guys have played, but uh, you know, at the sight of what was a home of Super Bowl Fifty, but it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be it's gonna be long, but it's gonna be a game. A game starts at eight o'clock, uh, so you know don't expect to go to bed till about a little after midnight. Especially with the uh, last national championship game between Alabama and Georgia going as late as it did, plus an overtime period. But it's gonna be a good game. Uh, Sweeney and uh, and Saban, they're gonna duke it out. Uh, really, the two top powerhouse uh, college, uh, colleges and uh, for football programs—that's for sure. But Alabama's got a good defense. Been there, done that. Bought the T-shirt. They had uh, Clemson. I think it's going to come down to just the competition level because Clemson plays in a weak ACC. You know. Pitt stinks. Uh, Duke, North Carolina, their basketball and lacrosse schools they stink. Uh, Miami is always a fluke. They always start out real strong, want the national attention, and fizzle out at the end. You know they Clemson plays in a weak conference. Meanwhile, Alabama, uh, the re- really their only competition is. Is uh, Georgia is the only thing that can really run with Alabama, and if they were in this playoff, they probably would have been playing them for a second straight year in a row in all SEC college football national championship. But really, those are the but really Georgia is really the top second best team in college football because they can run with uh, Alabama. We saw it in the SEC championship game, but with uh, Fromm slinging it. But if that defense hadn't choked, you know, who knows? But but I think the fact that Alabama ha- has played some grueling games this season, especially that game against Georgia and how they're thinking they're lucky stars that they're just happy to be there, even though Nick Saban is never happy to be here. Let's, you know, win this dog, let's win this doggone thing. But I think Alabama's going to win it, and Nick Saban will be a college football champion for yet another year in a row. Uh, real quick, uh, do the four picks in the National Football League Wild Card Weekend in the league where they play four pack. Indianapolis at Houston. Houston's favorite at minus two points. I'll take Indianapolis to win the game, twenty-seven twenty-three. Seattle at Dallas. Cowboys favorite at minus two and a half. I'll take Seattle to win the game, and I'll take Seattle plus a two and a half as well. I'll take Seattle to win 21-19. Chargers and Ravens. Ravens favorite at minus two and a half. I'll take Baltimore to win the game 27-17. 
And Philadelphia at Chicago. Chicago favored at minus five and a half. I'll take Philadelphia to win plus the five and a half at 25 to 20. Well, I hope you enjoyed another edition of the Amatel Like a TIA's podcast. This has been your host, Jai Shields. Enjoy Wild Card Week in the NFL and the National Championship College football game. I'll talk to you all soon. Have a great rest of your weekend. Take care.